Welcome to the Breakthrough Email Marketing Show. This is your host, Big Jason. I'm discussing all things email marketing and answering your questions based on over 20 years of proven results, not guesswork. Hey everybody, Big Jason, how's it going? This is the fifth episode of the Breakthrough Email Marketing Show, live from here from Las Vegas, a little rainy today. I'm super hungry. I'm taking Little Bunny to go to Roberto's Taco Shop, and then we're going to go see the new Liam Nielsen movie. Um, I don't even know what it's called. It's, uh, he's in an airplane, um, and he's an air marshal. It basically looks like Taken Part 3, but I don't care. I love Liam Nielsen. He's a great actor. So go ahead. If you have any questions, fire away. I'm just going to be reviewing some of my notes from my ninth Marketing Sherpa email summit. was an amazing uh, time. Once again, for the ninth year in a row, as long as it's been in existence, I've been there. And I got to take one of my coaching clients, uh, Jim Clare, one of the he is the uh, head copywriter for one of the biggest and most successful products on ClickBank in the dating niche right now. He came and we also took the uh, email messaging optimization certification and the landing page optimization certification. So what's in it for you? Uh, you get to benefit from the new learnings that I've uh, received from the email summit. So let's get to it, all right? Because I got to go to Roberto's Taco Shop and see the movie, and you, I'm sure you've got things to do as well. All right. All right. So you've got to think of email as a micro yes. Um, I see a lot of biz ops, scammy marketers who think that you get a click from the email, that, that's it. That's all you need to do. Um, if they don't buy, it's the landing page's fault. Not true. If that were true, then why when myself and other email marketers, expert email marketers, and, no, sorry, experienced email marketers and expert testers, why do we find that two different emails going to the same landing page when split tested head-to-head -head results in a different conversion? It's because the email and the landing page are not isolated into of themselves. They all work together. You've got to look at things holistically. You've got to think of the open of the email as a micro yes, the reading of the email, micro yes, the click is a micro yes, and then actually responding to the landing page as yes. It all works together. So that's a big um, thing going on in the email. Not that you have to sell in the email and have this long and 50 million facts to get them to click, but it's just the fact that it's not just the email that's going to lead to the sale. So if you have this really shady, uh, blind curiosity, uh, everything's blind, subject, the call to action's blind, and the landing page doesn't convert, it's not the, it's not the landing page's fault a lot of the times, according to valid and validated split tests. So keep that in mind. And go ahead and keep those questions coming. Anything and everything about what I say, anything that you think of, that's going on in your email marketing business, your list. All right. Okay. A lot of people say that people are falling into your funnel. Not true. They're falling out of your funnel. You got to think, again, 
every single step, you got to think of that's a spot where people can fall off. So that's why you need to not write a great email and then have a half-assed call to action. Every little spot counts. It's got to be everything's got to be congruent from the email to the landing page to the call to action on the landing page, all throughout the checkout process. Series of micro yeses. Every single step, people are falling out, but not falling in. So you got to be careful about that. And along those um, along those lines, you got to think of the value proposition. The value proposition to open. Why? Out of all those emails, why should someone open up your email? People got a lot of things to do. There's other emails. There's the baby. There's the movie. There's Roberta's taco shop. What value are they going to receive by clicking on that link, by clicking on that landing page, buying your product? So you got to think of that, the value proposition of every step of the way. Along those lines, value force, cost force. How much is it going to cost them in time uh, and attention, work to go read that landing page? So if you're sending them blind, scammy emails all the time and they're just like, oh, well, I guess I'll check it out. That was stupid. You sent me another email, scammy, blind. Oh, this is the most amazing thing. I couldn't believe it. I stopped whatever I was doing, and I just had – I didn't want it, but I couldn't look away. You've got to check this out. It ends tomorrow. Click here. And, again, it's a bunch of crap. So you got to think about that. What's the value? What's the cost? Got to have more value than cost. That's where curiosity with specificity comes into play. Really big there. All right, let me go. I have two sets of notes here. All right, a lot of people, I see this a lot, they want to write persuasive email copy. But if they would just learn to write things clear where their prospects understand the offer or the reason why they should click, they would be so much better off instead of trying to persuade or manipulate or you know use some kind of crazy technique um, to get people to buy their product or click just their email. If you just be more clear and direct, straight to the point, again, testing specificity and relevance versus just blind and, oh, this is the most amazing thing. I couldn't believe it. This had to share with you. You've got to check it out. Um, it's not going to be available for long. Yada, yada, yada. All right. Okay. So I mentioned testing. Testing is great, but you can't just say, all right, that test one, awesome. And then you're on to the next test. You've got to actually ask why. You've got to look for patterns in your customer's behavior. What really sets them off? What really gets them going? what really smacks them in the forehead and drives their behavior, the behavior that you actually want them, want from them. So you're definitely going to ask why more. And and a side note for testing, again, you can't just test something once and then forever go with that. You've got to consistently test things again and again to make sure that you have a valid results. It's got to be repeatable. I see a lot of people doing that. A lot of email marketers, they test something once and then forever they're doing that when they could be making a lot more money. 
Again, I talk about this plain text versus HTML. You see people say, oh, you use plain text. It's better. They've been using plain text for three, six, nine years straight without testing, and they're just pulling it out from you know where. They really don't have any valid reason for doing it. It's just their preference, but yet they're trying to convince you that that's the way to go when they have no idea because they've stopped testing. And 99% of the cases, they never really tested it properly in the first place. So keep that in mind when you hear people talking out their bum about plain text is better HTML. Hey, sometimes it is. I actually left a email service provider because they didn't offer plain text only emails because sometimes I like to send that. Depends on the situation. Some tests I've seen plain text is better um, and I wanted that option and I just said, no, why? Everyone sends HTML. You don't need to send plain text. So I said, screw you. I'm out of here. I want that option. It's the only email service provider that doesn't offer that option. That's kind of retarded, if you ask me. All right, personalization. A lot of people say personalization, personalization doesn't work. What they actually mean is personalization doesn't work for them. Don't let other people's inadequacies, failures, uh, problems in the bedroom affect your results. Don't let them project their crap onto you. Just because they suck at using personalization doesn't mean you have to suck. A lot of times it depends on the market as far as first name personalization goes. It still works. I just saw it. another marketer who's been split testing it on the subject line. Um, that's another thing. People say, oh, first name doesn't work, especially in the subject line. People know that it's not a personal email. That's not the point. Why do you think people are doing all kinds of crazy crap in the subject line in the first place? They're trying to grab their attention. Well, guess what? Same thing. Every no, Everyone is saying don't use first name in the subject line. So what's going to grab people's attention? Using the first name in the subject line, possibly. So you should test first name in the subject line. And again, dear Joe, dear Susie, that's how people have been doing it since the beginning of the Internet. So it doesn't mean you have to use the first name like that. You can ask questions, you know, how's your day, Susie? So how would you like to hear your friends talking like this. Yeah, have you seen Jane's product? Stuff like that. You can uh, put, you can paint pictures in their mind, people talking about them. I've done that before, where you can use their first name and you can use other things like their city, their states, their behavior, past behavior, uh, what they've done on the website, a lot of different things. So personalization is still alive and well. So don't listen to the people that are not testing it and that's just their personal opinion. All right. All right. Um, one test that I thought was really cool was um, a limited number wins over limited time. So you only have two days left versus uh, only 12 spots left. So think about that when you're doing a promotion. I'm probably going to be testing that as well myself. Um, a lot of people found that loss is a more uh, is the most important form of scarcity. So don't lose is more powerful than you know keep X. All right, just going through. Okay, a lot of talk was on incentives. So you got incentives. So for a sales letter landing page, that would be the bonuses. All right, a lot of people they just add bonuses and then they never test it again. Well. Tests have shown that you can get see a huge increase by testing the bonuses. And for an opt-in page, that would be the ethical bribe. 
So you, you should be testing a audio or a video or a free report. There's a huge difference. I've even seen Ryan Dice test that free reports work better than others. So you got to be testing that. And uh, the email incentive as well. What are you offering um, to join that webinar? Are they going to get a free report? Are they going to get a 10-step checklist? You got to keep that in mind. And last but not least, clarity trumps persuasion. Uh, tests and tests by different people have shown that the tone of the email, uh, if it's more clear, if it's in their if it's in the prospect's language, beats a more persuasive, uh, sometimes hypey tone of an email. So keep that in mind. You want to be clear. You want people to understand. You want people to have to think about it. So there you have it. That's part two of my ninth Marketing Sherpa Email Summit. Uh, doesn't look like we have any questions. That's okay. Stay tuned. Uh, it's typically every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern. Um, I had a launch yesterday that I was doing to my own list, so uh, that's why it's today. But uh, looks like next Thursday, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern will be the date. So stay tuned. Make sure you like this on Facebook. Share it. Tweet it. Uh, make sure I'm on your Google Plus circles so you stay up to date and uh, I will see you next time. Thanks guys. This is Big Jason with the Breakthrough Email Marketing Show. This is Big Jason. Thank you so much for listening to the Breakthrough Email Marketing Show. For more free information based on over 20 years of proven results, not guesswork, go to BreakthroughEmailMarketing.com. I'll see you next time.